Thank you for joining the Remnant Podcast. I am your host, Jackie Wade. God's remnant are those who acknowledge God in all of their ways, even when their ways sometimes do not please God. They are the ones who are always confessing their sins to God while believing he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here on the Remnant Podcast, we stand on the finished work of Jesus Christ, inspired and led by Holy Spirit to bring all glory to God. Lives will be changed, souls delivered, and faith will be preached and proclaimed as we declare and decree that we are kingdom individuals employed to speak into the earth realm for which we have been granted authority by God. Thank you for joining the Remnant Podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Wade. This evening, we're going to talk about a topic uh, entitled Exposing the Spirit of Anger. I want to welcome you all and thank you all for joining. I thank all of the listeners that have continued to be um, so very faithful faithful by following us on podbean.com and liking the Remnant Podcast with Jackie Wade. I am extremely grateful um, for each and every one of you. And tonight, I hope that you learn something that will enlighten you, that will help you if you deal with any issues of anger, um, that you will find biblical solutions for overcoming it. So tonight, again, the topic is overcoming, well, exposing the spirit of anger and overcoming it. First, I want to um, highlight the importance of addressing anger and its destructive effects on the individual and what it can do to relationships. Let me first define what anger is. Anger is a natural human emotion, a response to perceived threats, injustices, or frustrations. Yet, when it's uncontrolled, it can evolve into a destructive force, both physically and spiritually. The Bible gives us a clear perspective on anger, illustrating its potential for harm, but also providing guidelines for its appropriate expression and resolution. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verses 26 through 27, Paul advises, it says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. This particular verse suggests that anger in itself is not sinful, but if it's mishandled, it can lead to sin. When we look at James, the first chapter, verses 19 through 20, it further illuminates the issue. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So here, the caution against hasty anger highlights the need for patience, understanding, and self-control. Basically, it, it gives us qualities that align with the fruits of the Spirit that we'll further look at in Galatians, the fifth chapter, verses 22 through 23. Proverbs is a, is a book that is abundant in wisdom. I love reading the book of Proverbs. And it speaks of anger. In Proverbs 29, 11, it says, A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Here we see that wisdom correlates with self-control. And keeping one's anger in check to avoid foolish actions. We have to remember that even Jesus demonstrated anger in the cleansing of the temple when we read John, the second chapter, verses 13 through 16. Yet his anger was righteous, directed against corruption and and um, un, un, unright, or should we say, yeah, unrighteous actions. Um, during this time, it taught us, it teaches us that anger can be justified if it arises from love and a zeal for God's righteousness. But it should always be guided by wisdom and never result in sin. So 
I want to state that the Bible does not necessarily condemn anger, but it underscores the importance of managing it appropriately. Again, uncontrolled anger can give room for the adversary to work. It can lead to strife. It could distance us from the righteousness of God. And remember, the spirit of anger should be combated with the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And when we embody those attributes, these attributes, we reflect the nature of God and we counteract the destructive potential of anger. Now, addressing anger and understanding its destructive effects on individuals and relationships is of utmost importance for several reasons. Number one, emotional well-being. Uncontrolled anger can significantly impact an individual's emotional well-being. It could lead to feelings of resentment, bitterness, and hostility, which erode inner peace and happiness. When we address anger, it allows us to experience emotional healing and cultivate a healthier emotional state. Number two, physical health. You've heard it. I've heard it. When we have prolonged anger, it can cause detrimental effects on our physical health. Research shows that chronic anger is associated with increased risk of high blood pressure, heart disease, weakened immune system, and other health issues. So by addressing anger, individuals can protect their personal and physical well-being and promote overall health. Number three, mental clarity and decision-making. When you get upset, when you get angry, it literally impairs rational thinking. And it can cause us to become impulsive in our decision-making. When we're consumed by anger, our judgment becomes clouded. And we may act in ways that we later regret. So when we address this anger issue, it enables us to regain mental clarity, make sound decisions, and respond to situations with wisdom and self-control. Number four, relationships and communication. Uncontrolled anger can wreak havoc on relationships. I am a witness. There was times in my younger years when I would just get so angry and it caused so much havoc in my relationship. When that happens, it creates a hostile environment, it damages trust, and it hampers effective communication. But when we address anger, we're able to improve our relationships by fostering an open dialogue. We can resolve conflicts peacefully. We promote healthy interactions based on love, understanding, and empathy. And we both, people, we got to remember, it takes two A lot of times people will just say, this person got so upset at me or so angry, but we got to remember what role each person may play in a particular situation. Personal growth and spiritual development is the next um, area where anger can cause havoc. And like I stated, it's crucial to address anger. It hampers personal growth and spiritual development. It requires self-reflection. It requires humility. And most of all, it requires a willingness to change. When we work through our anger, individuals can develop, develop qualities such as patience, forgiveness, compassion, and self-control, which contribute to personal growth and strengthen their relationship with God and others. And then positive role modeling. Addressing anger sets a positive example for others, especially children and younger generations. By demonstrating healthy ways of dealing with anger, individuals inspire others to seek constructive solutions and cultivate emotional resilience, promoting a more peaceful and harmonious society. So we see here addressing the anger and understanding destructive effects is vital for personal well-being, healthy relationships, sound decision-making, personal growth, and positive societal impacts. And by recognizing the importance of addressing anger, individuals can take proactive steps toward emotional healing, improve relationships, and overall life satisfaction. So, 
like I stated, when we look at the spirit of anger, we want to understand the spirit of anger. And the spirit of anger is often understood uh, in spiritual context as a force or influence that provokes excessive or destructive anger within a person. It's characterized by frequent or extreme outbursts of anger, a constant state of irritability, and a tendency towards hostility or aggression. So I want to stop here because a lot of times what we'll see is people will um, initiate uh, someone to get angry. They'll actually push the person um, buttons to cause them to get angry. Um, But then there's other issues where you may find someone who's talking very nice. They're very calm. But at the same time, they're knowingly pushing another person buttons or, you know, trying to get them to um, exacerbate to a spirit of anger. So on tonight, I want you to be mindful. I want you to remember when you're having a conversation, you have to be enlightened and in tune with Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. Whether is that a conversation that's healthy or unhealthy? Will it push those areas where you may be weakened that you may need to find healing for before continuing because the spirit of anger um can is very is it is very can be excessive and it can be destructive so um in biblical context the spirit spirit of anger is seen as something that drives individuals away from the teachings and virtues endorsed by God, such as love, peace, kindness, and forgiveness. And if it goes unchecked, it can lead to a variety of sinful behaviors and damaged relationships with others and with God. Remind you, the Bible say, be angry, but do not sin. So God knew that we would have a period in our lives or periods, times in our lives that we would experience being angry, even as believers, right? But we should not sin. And when we find ourselves being angry, immediately we have to go to God and ask God, you know, help me, um, help me resolve whatever issues. What did that person say um, that that provoked me? Was it knowingly? Did the person call with the intention to 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 um, try to provoke me, or did the person call or talk to me because they're angry? You know. So we want to be mindful of that. There's a couple root causes for the spirit of anger. When we look at um, the spirit of anger, there are some root causes that can bring about a person being angry. One could be unresolved hurt or trauma. And anger could stem from unresolved past hurts, from trauma or negative experiences that have been not properly processed or healed. And these unresolved emotions could build up over time and manifest as intense anger. Very intense. You know, when someone just goes off or they're so angry. But all along they've been holding something and they've been really trying to um, deal with the past hurts, deal with negative emotions and negative experiences. And then you come along and you may do something or say something that may cause another person to be upset, but you may experience intense anger from the person. Well, that's manifested because that built it up in them over time. Number two, unmet expectations. When people have unrealistic or unmet expectations of themselves, of others or situations, it could lead to frustration and it could lead to anger when those expectations are not filled. A lot of times people will have an expectation of you or I not understanding that we're not them and we cannot be what they want us to be. We can only be what God has created us to be. So people will perceive that and get frustrated or get angry when those expectations are not fulfilled. 
perceived injustices, disappointments, or even feeling overlooked could trigger the spirit of anger. Then you have another deep-seated resentment. And this one is big for a lot of people. And they you really have to search your heart. You really have to search your heart and your mind to ask, am I holding on to any grudges? Am I bitter about something in the past? Have I put it in the back of my mind, but I'm operating from a forefront perspective when this thing in the back really is controlling the front? Um, or, or, or am I resentment, resentful towards others? And that can fuel anger. Also, unforgiveness and dwelling on past wrongs can create a reservoir of anger that surfaces in various situations. It can surface in so many different ways. Then you have feelings of powerlessness or injustice. And this is when individuals feel powerless or experience a sense of injustice. And it can ignite anger as a response to regain a sense of control or to seek justice. This can occur in personal or in societal contexts. Now, there are several ways that these um, this spirit of anger manifests. It manifests itself in different ways. I want to go over those with you briefly. Because we're going to expose the spirit of anger tonight. While we're going through this, I want each person right now to the sound of my voice just to ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart. To search your mind, is there anything in me, God, Holy Spirit, that is holding off to past hurts or resentments? Is there anything that I have put in the back that I really need to put in the front and deal with? Because one thing you don't want, you do not want to be controlled by anger. So let's get back to the manifestations of the spirit of anger. The first one is verbal aggressions, verbal aggressions. So a lot of times you'll find people have an outburst of yelling, shouting, or using harsh and demeaning language towards others. These are common manifestations of the spirit of anger. This can include name calling, insults, and verbal attacks. And... I have gotten angry in the past, you know, growing up, dealing with situations, and I've been guilty. Um, You may have too. The thing is, we don't want to be controlled by this spirit because this spirit is not of God. This spirit um, brings about other spirits. When you're angry, you know, you can kill someone. Literally, when you're insulting people and name calling and down talking, that's a form of killing a person. And so um, that's one sign is verbal aggression. Then you have physical aggression. The spirit of anger can manifest in spiritual, uh, physical aggression, sorry, such as hitting, throwing objects, or engaging in physical altercations. And it could pose a threat to both the individual experience the anger and those around them. And then you have the passive-aggressive behavior. Some individuals may express anger directly or indirectly. The indirectly portion is something we call passive-aggressive. And this includes subtle acts of resistance, sarcasm, or intentionally withholding communication or cooperation. And then we have internalized anger. And while anger is often outwardly expressed, it can also be internalized. Internalized anger may result in prolonged feelings of resentment, bitterness, or a constant rate of irritability. See, and these things, this is a stronghold. When we really start to get into it, these are uh, strongholds that will start to try to grow in your spirit realm so that way you can have victory in all different types of relationships. Then you have relationship strain. The spirit of anger can strain relationships, leading to conflicts, breakdowns in communication, and damaged trust. It can create an atmosphere of fear, tension, and emotional distance. So remember, it's important to note that while anger is a natural human emotion, 
The spirit of anger refers to an unhealthy and destructive pattern of anger. Understanding the root causes and manifestation of the spirit of anger is the first step towards addressing and finding healing from this harmful emotional state. I want to look at a couple things. I want to share some Bible verses that address anger and its consequences. When you look at Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, it says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. And then we see that this verse reminds us that experiencing anger is not sinful in itself, but it warns against allowing anger to lead us into sin. It encourages us to address and resolve our anger before the day ends. It emphasizes the importance of timely reconciliation and forgiveness. And because when we do this, it prevents the devil from gaining a foothold in our lives and disrupting our relationships. And then when we look at Proverbs 14 and 29, this is the New International Version. It states, whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. And this proverb highlights the virtue of patience and the folly of being quick-tempered. It emphasizes the importance of self-control and emotional restraint in managing anger. And by cultivating patience and understanding, we gain wisdom and avoid the negative consequences of impulsive anger. These verses from Ephesians and Proverbs offer guidance on how to handle anger in a healthy and godly manner. They encourage us to address our anger promptly, seek resolution and reconciliation. Then it tells us to exercise patience and self-control and guard against the destructive influences of anger. When we apply these principles, we overcome the spirit of anger and live in a harmonious state with God and with others. So when we explore biblical stories and teachings that provide insights on anger management, such as the example of Moses and his struggle with anger in Exodus 2, 11 through 15, we see Moses witness an Egyptian mistreating a Hebrew slave. And in this anger, he killed the Egyptian. And this act led to Moses fleeing Egypt and spending 40 years in the wilderness. You see, the story highlights the consequences of uncontrolled anger and the importance of managing it effectively. And then Jesus, he, he was teaching on anger. In Matthew 5, 21 through 24, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus addresses the issue of anger, saying that being angry with someone is like committing murder in the heart. He emphasizes the importance of reconciling with others and resolving conflict promptly to avoid harboring anger. And then we look at Proverbs 14, 29. And that's what we just went over. Whoever is slow to speak, slow to anger, has great understanding. But he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. So, we just want to be reminded during this time that it, it is our goal to not give way to the enemy and to not allow ourselves to be dictated by the enemy because that is one of the ways that he will use uh, an opportunity to get into our lives and to wreak havoc. Uh, when we look here, we see that there are several principles and how we can we can practice to help us um, with with real life situations. Like life is real, and we will get angry, and people will come against us, and things will not always be um, a bed of roses. But when we have principles, and that's why the the word of God is so powerful. It's a lamp unto our feet. And there's a light into our path because we have a way and an opportunity to be able to fight the enemy and to defeat those things that will try to defeat us. I want to remind you that God is, he, God is uh, wanting to help us. 
he's attracted to those things that's not so wonderful in us. So when we expose the things that is trying to come against us, he's a very present help in the time of trouble. So I want to give you an example. Suppose someone has wronged you and caused anger to arise within you. And instead of harboring bitterness and seeking revenge, you choose to forgive them. You choose to pray for strength to let go of the anger and extend forgiveness, even if it feels difficult. I want you to know that the act of forgiveness frees you from the bondage of anger and it paves the way for reconciliation. Again, we notice when we exercise self-control, that helps us to manage these things, right? Uh, another example, imagine being in a situation where someone says they're hurtful that triggers anger within you. And instead of reacting impulsively, you take a deep breath, you pause, and you consciously choose to respond with self-control. You pra practice speaking calmly and respectfully, expressing your feelings and concerns without resorting to anger. This principle in this way um, helps, uh, it helps you to have a healthier and more constructive dialogue. Um, it helps us to seek reconciliation. It helps us to understand that sometimes we just need to be slow to speak, quick to hear, and slow to anger. I want to encourage you this evening that if you find yourself in a conflict with someone, make every effort to seek reconciliation. Approach them with humility, seeking to understand their perspective and expressing your own feelings. Engage in open and honest communication, actively listening, listening to each other. And then find a mutual acceptable solution and work towards restoring the relationship. The job of the enemy is to kill still and to destroy. But God came that we will have life and that we will have it more abundantly. We have to remember that we are on the side of God. We have to remember that God wants us to have and live in an overflow, not just in an overflow of money, not just in the overflow of things, but in an overflow of patience, in an overflow of love, in an overflow of understanding, in an overflow of contentment. When we recognize that we are on the side of God, then our response grows. Are we perfect? No. Will we make mistakes? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we're imperfect beings. But as we strive to be more like Christ, and as we look unto him, the author and the finisher of our faith, the way that we really express who he is in our life is by showing his love. Sometimes other people may be so hurt and so damaged that nothing else really will suffice. But I'll tell you what will, the love of God. And really being in love and showing the love of God. Listen. By applying these biblical principles of forgiveness, self-control, seeking reconciliation, and practicing patience and kindness, we can effectively manage and overcome anger in our daily lives. I always like to say, God created me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit. And I say this sometimes five to ten times a day. I work with people. I talk to people all day. And one of the things that I recognize is that people will say harsh things. People will say mean things. And although I may have not been the cause for their frustration, they don't, or they may not have learned these principles or are able to communicate in an effective way. So I have, and I'm still learning to put these things into practice. When I say creating me a clean heart, it's like washing my hands. It's like going through a door of 100 people who've touched that doorknob and I'm touching the same doorknob. But in order for me to have all the germs removed, I have to literally go in the bathroom and wash my hands. Well, when I say to God, Lord, creating me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit, 
I'm cleaning my heart spiritually, just like we would wash our hands naturally. And depending on what you do for a living and where you are and how many people you may come across, you may have to say that same thing 10, 20 times a day. And believe me, it works. I am a living witness. So again, I want to encourage you that the Bible provides a roadmap for transforming our lives and attitudes. It enabled us to cultivate healthier relationships and live in harmony with God and others. The next one is seeking Holy Spirit's guidance. Emphasize the role of Holy Spirit in transforming our hearts and helping us overcome anger, right? We want to seek Holy Spirit as an essential role in our spiritual growth and emotional transformation, including the transformation of our hearts and the overcoming of anger. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is often described as a counselor or comforter in John 14 and 16. It says, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, teaching and reminding believers of the truth. And then in John 14, 26, it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said, whatsoever things I have said unto you, and aiding in personal transformation towards Christ-likeness. Okay? So anger, like any other emotion, is not interested, is not all the way bad. However, it becomes detrimental when it is misdirected, held onto, or expressed in harmful ways. As Ephesians 4, 26, 27, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. The Holy Spirit is the divine helper. It assists us in dealing with our anger. It convicts us when we harbor unhealthy anger through John 6 and 8. It says, and when he has come, he will prove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and provides us with the fruits of the spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These fruits are essential tools in managing and overcoming anger. And the spirit transforms our hearts, replacing the human propensity towards anger with divine love and patience. Moreover, the Holy Spirit aids us in understanding God's word, providing wisdom and insight that helps us handle our emotions in a God-honoring way. It empowers us to forgive and is an important step in releasing anger and fostering reconciliation. The next one is prayer. Listen, prayer is crucial. Prayer is crucial in this process. When I was really in a place where I was trying to ask, not trying to, I was asking God, I had to pray. I had to communicate with God and express my deepest feelings, my deepest desires, and my deepest struggles. Philippians 4 and 6 through 7 says to us, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, don't forget to thank God for your pain. Thank God for the problem. Thank God for the situation. Present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we surrender our anger and our emotions to God in prayer, we invite his healing and transformation. We acknowledge our inability to control or change our emotions on our own and submit ourselves to God's divine power. By continually seeking his guidance, we gradually learn to manage our emotions according to his word and by his spirit. The transformation is not an overnight event, okay? I want to be honest with you all. It's not. It's a lifetime journey of growing closer to God and becoming more like Jesus. And guess what? Holy Spirit is our companion in this journey. He's guiding us. He's empowering us. And he's continually working at us to transform our hearts and our minds. I want to encourage you to renew your mind. The word of God says that we are to cultivate a Christ-like character, mitigating 
the feelings of anger. Romans 12 and 2 says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The renewal of the mind is an ongoing process and it involves it, it involves involves both immersion in God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit. As we immerse ourselves in the scripture, the Holy Spirit illuminates our understanding. Philippians 4 8 is another key verse that focuses on the transformation of our thoughts. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, worthy, think about such things. And here we find Apostle Paul provides a clear guideline for our thought life. He invites us to fill our minds with things that reflect God's character. There was a time in my life when I heard so much negativity and so many things that were going wrong. I literally had to lay in the bed or if I was driving, I would think of something that was pure, something that was lovely. To me, the view of a beach of water, that was lovely to me. And I would just either think about it take my phone out, look at a picture. I had to get my mind on something that was worthwhile because I was having so much havoc in my life. I want to encourage you tonight to align your thought pattern with these qualities. It is very powerful. I promise you, if you start to do that, your mind is now going to be transformed. It's going to be trained. So when negative things come, you're going to you're going to immediately counteract it with something that's lovely, something that's pure. Why do you think people love babies? People love children because it counteracts. It helps the dopamine in the brain when you're around a child unknowingly. I've, if unless you just are pure evil. You cannot be around a bouncing, beautiful baby and not just get joy from the scent of a baby, the the look of a child. Like it, that's a pure thing that God created. So I encourage you to look, think on those things that are lovely, the things that are pure, the things that are excellent or praiseworthy. It says, if there be any such thing that you think about, think on those things. The brain has to be trained because the enemy is always doing his job to bring us or try to bring us back. But God is always powerful, all powerful to push us forward if we want to go forward. Psalms 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And that's another thing. Meditating on God's word. That's praiseworthy. That's excellency. And when you find that word in your heart, and you don't want to sin against it. Believe it or not, something on the inside of you, when you're ready to do or act, it will it will brace you. And you'll remember like, God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Okay? So by treasuring God's word in our hearts, we equip ourselves to resist sin. And that includes sinful anger. Remind you, the Bible said we will get angry. But it did say, let's not sin. Amen? Ephesians 4, 22 and 24 says you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And here the process of renewal involves discarding our old ways and taking a new godly mindset. And through the daily practice of studying and meditating on scriptures, we can allow God's word and the Holy Spirit to shape our thoughts, our attitudes, our responses, so that we can respond and result in a character that is more Christ-like, better equipping us to deal with anger in a healthy and godly manner. Okay. And then when we look here, 
I want to just close out this evening with um, several ways on managing anger. Believe me, it's an ongoing process that requires self-awareness. It requires intentionality and a reliance on God's grace. And based on biblical wisdom, I want to give you some practical strategies that can help you manage anger. The first one is self-reflection. Reflect on what triggers your anger and how you respond when you're angry. By understanding your triggers, you can better anticipate situations that might provoke anger and develop strategies to handle them effectively. Now, yeah, things will happen in life where you may not understood that was a trigger and it comes something comes along and it triggers you. Now, when it triggers you and you may have acted out in anger or if you've done something in anger and even if you sin, then you got to write that down and understand that that is something that you or I have to look at to get the victory over. Okay. Daily Bible study and meditation. I want to encourage you, if you don't have the Bible app, download it on your your mobile device. And when you get the Bible app, there's an option that says search. Search the topic that you're dealing with. Search disappointment. Search anger. Search hurt. Search uh, rejection. Search resentment, whatever you may be dealing with. In the, in the Bible app, it'll bring up all of the scriptures that will help you look at what you're dealing with so that you can appropriate that word of God to your situation. Again, the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, that we would not be in darkness, that we will walk in God's marvelous light. Joshua 1 and 8 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. It didn't say you might. It didn't say it could possibly. No, it says then you will. That's a promise. And one thing, people of God, that we have to remember, God has so many promises. We have to know the promises of God because when we practice and put these things into place, there are promises that comes with that. It says you will be prosperous and successful. So why would God tell us that? Because we could be unprosperous and we could also be unsuccessful. So when those things are wavering in our life, are we truly practicing the principles of God. Number four, seek wise counsel. Proverbs 15, 22 states, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Listen, some of your biggest business entrepreneurs, mega billionaires, have, they have advisors. They have someone's couch that they sit on and talk about their strategies and what they need to do next. I want to encourage you because in the, um, in the, what it says right here, many with many advisors, they succeed. There's nothing wrong with that. This is a succession plan to sit, get counsel, to seek advice in the counsel of mature Christians, mentors, or even a pastor, a therapist who could provide you with godly insight on managing anger. One of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is because I struggled with this uh, more of a generational curse than hurts and, you know, those things come in life. But it was for, more for me on a generational thing. And when I recognized as a female having that type of spirit, would destroy me. It's either it was going to destroy. I was going to destroy someone or someone was going to destroy me. And so I thank God that he has really enlightened me on this and that he's given me an understanding that I can now speak with you and talk with you about it. Number five, practice forgiveness. Colossians 3.13 says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgiveness can release the bitterness and resentment that fuels anger. Yes, it might not be easy, but with God's help, it's possible. 
and then implement healthy coping mechanisms. Engage in positive activities. And so in conclusion, I just want to uh, let you know, exposing the spirit of anger involves involves recognizing its presence and addressing it in a thoughtful, constructive way. You got to do the self-examination, the prayer and reflection. You want to seek counseling or, you know, talk to someone and you want to confess and repent. You want to practice the fruits of the spirit and you want to have biblical counsel and guidance. Amen. If at all, seek professional help. If the anger is uncontrollable, it causes significant distress. Consider seeking help from a mental health professional. Get a therapist. They, they are skilled in providing techniques for anger management and coping strategies. And remember, it's important to deal with anger in a healthy way. While it's a natural human emotion, it can sometimes become prob- problematic if we don't deal with it the right way. I want you to embrace the transformative power of God in overcoming anger. I want you to know that God is able. God is always available to us. He is a present help in a time of trouble. So if you ever, ever have to call or help when no one else is around, you call on the name of Jesus. I want to close out tonight with prayer. And again, I want to thank you all for listening and tuning in. I want to invite you to share uh, this podcast. Uh, if you are listening through Facebook, share the podcast. You know, someone else could benefit from listening to this tonight. And uh, also, I just want to say this, give this statement that this podcast aims to address the issue of anger from a biblical perspective. It provides scriptural support and practical guidelines for overcoming it. It is important to emphasize that if you're struggling with anger, you should seek professional help. And as this podcast serves as a complimentary resource, it is not a substitute for professional advice or counseling. Again, be blessed. I want to pray on tonight. I want to thank you for joining us and listening in on exposing the spirit of anger. God can do all things but fail. He's told us in his word that we are more than conquerors. It has already been done on the cross. We just have to receive it by faith. Amen. And if you are not saved, if you have not professed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I would like right now to pray the prayer of salvation. If you would pray with me and repeat these words, Father God, I thank you now for another opportunity that you have allowed me to come before your presence. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of anything I've said or anything that I've done that has brought shame to your name. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that God has raised Jesus from the dead and he now lives in me. Thank you, Lord, that I am saved and I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, hallelujah. If you just said that prayer of salvation, you are now saved. You have transferred over from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And the angels of heaven are rejoicing. Listen, I want to encourage you to get in a Bible-believing church that will preach and teach the unadulterated word of God so that you can know God's word for yourself and that you can appropriate that level of faith that it will grow and that you will be all that God has called you to be. We will pray on tonight as we leave this podcast. Again, I thank you for joining me. I am your host, Jackie Wade. I speak blessings and blessings and blessings over you on tonight that God will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can even ask or think. But remind you, I want you to be reminded, it's according to the power that worketh in you. Amen. Father God, we come before you today. And Lord, we thank you for this time. 
We thank you, Lord God, that your word declares that your people are destroyed by lack of knowledge. Father, we thank you that your word declares that your the word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path, that it brings revelation, understanding, that, Lord, we will live victorious, that we will not be defeated by the devices of the enemy that comes to try to kill, steal, and destroy. We come up against every demonic voice of the enemy that will try to speak to your people and try to have them operate anything less than what you have given them love peace joy patience temperance goodness all of the fruits of the spirit lord god and we declare and decree that each person that will listen to this podcast will walk in those things the spirit the fruits of the spirit lord god that they will be your vessels lord god that they will have testimonies of how you delivered them and brought them over and how they appropriated this word father we pray right now that they will be doers of your word and not just hearers of your word lord that they will hide this word in their heart that they would not sin against you god that you will be glorified that the devil will be petrified lord god and we thank you now for doing a new thing in each and every person's life that will receive this word by faith. We give you glory tonight. We give you honor and we give you praise. And it is in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, be blessed on tonight. Again, thank you for joining the podcast. I love you all. And thank you all for the emails and staying consistent with following us, with listening to us and being a part of the Remnant Podcast. Have a blessed night. God bless you. This concludes this episode of the Remnant Podcast with Jackie Wade. Once again, I want to thank you for staying tuned to the podcast and be sure to connect with us. You could like us on our Facebook page at the Remnant Podcast with Jackie Wade. You can also follow us on our Instagram page at the Remnant Podcast. We're also available on the other social media platforms such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. You can also watch us live on our YouTube channel at The Remnant Podcast with Jackie Wade. Again, thank you for joining. I am your host, Jackie Wade.